0: We are in the middle of a sermon series called "Together," and it's about marriages and relationships, and God wants us to do things together. It's His plan. And in our first week, we talked about how we come together in our relationships and our marriages as broken people, and if you can imagine, broken glass uh, and the kind of mess that May that makes in our lives. Just like broken glass, we come broken in our relationships. And sometimes we try to hide that glass and try to hide that brokenness away, and we don't come to grips with really what we bring into our marriage or what we bring into that relationship. What's well, important to, to speak open and honest with one another and, and to allow God to do something beautiful with that brokenness. Just like a stained glass window tells a story uh, through broken glass God wants to tell a story, even in your brokenness. So give that over to God. Last week, we talked about how do we behave together? How do we we behave together in our dating relationships? Students, some of you are dating, some of you are not. How do you behave in that setting? How do we behave in in our marriages? There are certain uh, guidelines um, and guardrails set up in God's word that show us how we should behave in those types of relationships. And we even talked about what those look like, and we also talked about setting up notifications, kind of like on our our cell phone. We have notifications that show, hey, I've got this happening in my life. I've got this alert coming on my phone. Well, you can set up notifications in your own life and in your own relationship when you're getting close to that guardrail and to be able to something, sirens go off or red flags happen to where, you know what? I'm not in the right position. I'm too close to the edge here. And so it's important to set up some of those notifications. One of the great ways to set up notifications is with your small groups. We value small groups here at Lake Point Church. If you're not involved in a small group, we encourage you to get involved in one. Because in that small group setting, you, you learn um, how to do life together as believers together. And um, people in that small group will help hold you accountable to that. Now, this week, I'm going to talk about a word that many of us probably know, but few of us really understand, and the word I'm going to talk about today is balance, balance. I'll tell you what, as someone who has been married for over 20 years, has six kids, and starting something I've never done before, I could tell you right now that balance is something that I'm not really good at many days. Some of you may be sitting here thinking the same thing. Man, Frank, I feel like that there's different people pulling me in different areas of my life. And I just can't seem to get balanced. I just can't seem to get my footing right. And it just, it just seems like that um, I don't know how to get this life of mine in balance. Maybe it could be in your marriage, in your relationship. How do I balance all of the demands in my life? And what does that look like? Well, as you can tell, we have a prop. Um, And so on this stage, I've got a balance beam. And this balance beam is going to help us uh, with this uh, concept and this principle that I want to share with you today. And and I know some of you are thinking, you're thinking, okay, Frank's going to get up there and do like a flip or something like that. (laughs) Y'all are funny. Yeah. Uh, No, I'm not going to do that, but I'm going to ask, I'm actually going to ask a couple uh, to come up here, and I'm going to ask the Pacholskis. So uh, they're going to come up here. They're going to do some things. So give them a hand as they come up here. Okay, uh, y'all come up here. So this, this is, uh, so y'all don't know, this is Steve Pacholsky. He, he plays in the band. He's a rockster, okay? And, and this is Amanda Pacholsky, and uh, she does lots of things, uh, guest follow-up, and, and helps with a lot of things. With You know, I throw things, a lot of things to her, Say, so, hey, help us with this. And uh, they have a, a girl, Phoebe. How old is Phoebe? Ten months. Ten months. Awesome. Okay, so um, these uh, suckers, I mean, these volunteers have agreed to do something today. Uh, to help show us uh, this concept. So what I'm going to ask you to do is I'm going to ask, um, let's ask Amanda. Let's do ladies first, right? So I'm going to ask you to get up there. And what I want you to do is I just want you to just walk across the, the balance beam. Now, I'll help you steady it first. Yeah, that's not going to happen. Okay. You're good? All right, just walk across the beam. You good? <laughs> You're good. Nice. Good. Awesome. Yay! And dismount. Okay. Now, what I want you to do, Steve, I want you to get on this side. That okay. side of there. Amanda, you come back over here. Yeah, you walk across. Yeah. So you walk across. Wow. You're like a pro. All right. Okay. All right, you stay over here. Now, here's what I want y'all to do. Once you get up here. Now, what I want y'all to do is I want y'all to walk across. So, Steve, you're going to get to this side, and Amanda, you're going to get over to that side. Okay? You got it? Okay. Okay, so go ahead. Uh. <laughs> okay, all right. So we all know where that's going. Okay, all right. Good, awesome, okay. Now, uh, so how did that work out for you guys? Not uh, really. Yeah, not really. It didn't work out too well. So let's, try, let's see what this looks like in another way. So Amanda, what would you get on first? Actually, no, Steve, what do you get first? First. Yeah, man first. And then... Awesome, and now Amanda, you get behind him. So Steve, just hold on a second. Now you hold on to Steve. And what I want you to do is I want y'all to walk over there together. All right, go. Careful, now hold on, hold on. You got him. You got it? Good, and dismount. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Okay, so let, let's talk about the obvious things here. Um, whenever they were on the, the balance beam, uh, just by themselves, it was fairly easy to walk across. Sure. And as you were walking across going opposite directions, it was hard to do that. Right. Okay, Absolutely. obviously. And now, but when you were walking across together, it was simpler. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, and why is that? I had him to balance. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You had him to balance, you had to balance one another, and, and you were there together. Uh, so, let, we're, we're going to talk about a few of those things, but while they get to their seat, why don't you give them a hand for, for being up here? So, a, a few things to help us with this. Now, I, where I'm going with this is something that we're going to use in two areas in our life that give us the most balance issues, okay? And I'm going to get to that in a second, but before I do this, we've got to learn something from this. This was easier as a couple, whenever they were moving in the same direction. So if you've got balance issues in your marriage or in your relationship, it's always good when you move in the same direction. When you decide, hey, we are going here. Major decisions, major, uh, major expense expenses, choices, those things in your life, you want to be moving in the same direction. Direction. And if you're not moving in the same direction, you've got to stop until you are moving in the same direction. You've got to time out. We've got to check to see our, where our hearts lie, to make sure there's no ulterior motive, no selfish motivation. And we've got to be moving in the same direction because when you move in the same direction, it's much easier to have balance. Second thing is this they started this off, they didn't totally do it the whole way. But if you notice, Steve got up there. And Amanda came up after him. And Amanda used him to, to steady. They were able to steady one another. They were able to do that together. They were able to hold on to each other. So if you have a little bit of a balance issue in your marriage or relationship, just a simple reminder, a simple truth. Hold on to each other. Hold on to each other. Take those, uh, those, those opportunities, every opportunity you have in your marriage to be together. And in this life, when, when this world is trying to separate us all the time, our culture is, is and determined to take marriages and strong relationships and separate us, make this person go this way, make this person go that way. And we spend very little time together. You want to try to protect that. You want to try to protect uh, that, those times when you can be together and hold on together. And I'm going to show you what that looks like in, in a few minutes. And then last but not least, if you notice, what they were crossing, they weren't looking at y'all. They weren't looking at the congregation. They were looking at their feet. They were looking at their feet where they were walking. And that's important in your marriage. When you are walking along in your marriage and in your relationship, you've got to watch your walk. You've got to focus on your walk, and, and specifically your walk with Christ. You've got to focus on that. You've got to look down. You can't let the distractions of the world uh, lead you astray, and you can't let the attention of someone else move you away from your walk. So focus on your walk. That's how they were able to do that. Now, a, a few minutes ago, I just mentioned there are two areas that We get off balance the most. And those two areas deals with our time and our treasure or our money. You know, if if there are two resources that tend to get off balance in, in, in our life and maybe your life as well, that is our time, our time and our money. It just seems like we're being pulled in all different directions, trying to meet the demands of what other people are trying to get get from us, or really that we put onto ourselves, whether it be stuff we want to spend on, or, or whether it's time doing certain activities. We are pulled and it gets us off balance. So what do we do with that? How do we handle balance of our time? So as we focus on, on our time, let me share with you just a simple principle, and that is this. If you are struggling with trying to do it all, there's not enough time in the day. How do we do this? I don't know, I don't know how many times that, that comes up in our house, but it comes up a lot. I just don't have enough time in the day. I just don't have enough time in the week to do that. And the problem is, it's not that you're disorganized or you don't get your things together. The problem is that you don't have enough time to do everything. Let's just face it. You don't have time to do everything you want to do. So because you don't have time to do everything in your, in your marriage, in your family, or in your relationship, what does that mean? It means that something or somebody is going to feel cheated. It means someone is going to get the short end of the stick, right? I mean, that's, if we don't have time to do everything, we've got, we've got to understand there's somebody who's going to have the short end of the stick, someone who's going to feel cheated. And so my, my word to you, my phrase to you is, I want to encourage you to cheat to cheat. And you say, pastor, this is kind of weird. You want us to to cheat? Students are like, yeah. I don't mean cheat on your test. I mean this. You're going to cheat somebody somewhere in your time. I'm talking about time. You're going to do that. It happens all the time. So you've got to make a conscious effort. What and where are you cheating? Where are you choosing to cheat? And as we look at um, some examples, the, the biggest example that we have in, in this, I believe, is with our work and our family. Between our work and our family. Um, and those of you who aren't married, maybe just your relationship. But I can tell you someone who, who has a large family, and it has a lot, of, a lot of people pulling my direction. Um, there are people, even in my own household, who get the short end of the stick. They feel cheated. Because when work and family collide, there's a problem. And it collides quite often. You may be sitting here thinking, you know, Frank, work and family collides in my house as well some of the demands that i have that i'm trying to do i'm trying to please my boss i'm trying to i'm trying to get rise up in the uh, in the ladder of success but i'm also also have people in my house that i need to i need to look after i need to i need to pay attention to so l- let me share with you just a, a statement when when we love our work and do our family the class has only just begun. There's a difference between work and family. We, we should love our family. We should do our work. Now, as someone who loves my job, um, sometimes I get those reversed. Sometimes you may be in the same situation. If you're in a situation like me, like my job, I feel like I'm in a position in my life where I, I feel like it suits me Uh, There's a few things that I'm still working on, but I feel like uh, being being a pastor and doing ministry together with people is something that suits me, and I feel comfortable with it, and I love it. I love to see life change. I love to see people get involved in ministry, and but I also love my family. But what I have to remind myself is I've got to do my job and love my family. The problem happens, and some of you may need to hear this today, when we get that reversed. When we decide to love our job and just do our family. You know, as a guy, many guys, we, we have a tendency to fix things. We, we have a, the idea, hey, I can fix this. Is something wrong? Well, yeah. Call on dad. We're there to fix it. And sometimes... We appro- I, I can approach my family, or you can approach your, your situation as well. like, I just want to fix it. You know, our family necessarily doesn't really want us to fix it. They just, they just want us to be there. They, they just want us to be around, to hang around and to be involved in, um, in their life. You know, the, um, we all have many, many good intentions. I have great intentions when the clash happens between work and family, when this balance, when, when, when this time goes off balance, I have good intentions. Yeah, I wanna do this, I wanna do this. And sometimes I, I, I follow through with those intentions and sometimes I do not. But good intentions, what are they? Well, they're just good intentions. Let's say for instance, let's say if I was driving in my truck and, and I saw you on the road and, and, and I ran over you. Okay, that's, that's, that wouldn't be a good thing for a pastor to run over you, okay? But let's just say I ran over you in my truck. But, but when I saw you at the hospital and you're lying there and, and you've got a body cast on and I go to you and I say, I am so sorry. You know, it was my intention to swerve away from you. It was my intention. I'm so sorry. It was fully my intention to do that. Well, Because I say that, it doesn't mean that the bones automatically start healing themselves and things are right and you get up and start walking out of the hospital in some sort of miraculous healing. Just because I share with you my good intentions. Just because I have a good intention doesn't mean that that things still aren't right. And it doesn't mean that I still don't hurt people. And so I wanna encourage you, good intentions are good. Yes, but it's those intentions that we follow through with. And as, let me share with you just a couple of statements. I love this. Um, as, 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 a, as we're talking about calendars and as we're talking about time and wanting to put good intention to spend with our, with our wife or our loved one our kids, the, um, the problem could be that you love your family with your heart but not with your schedule. But can I tell you something? Your family can't see your heart. You may have good intentions in your heart. I have good intentions to to love my family like I should. But on the calendar, on the schedule, it's not that way. And let me tell you, your kids can't really see your heart where your intentions lie. They can't see that. But guess what they can see? They can see your schedule. And so as we, as we are talking about this, this balance of time, it's important to understand, yeah, I've got good intentions, I want to do better, but I've got to uh, I've fix it on my, on my schedule. So here's a practical application. A practical application is this. If you want to spend time with your spouse or your kids or that loved one, schedule it. Schedule it. Put it in. This kid's got this this ball game. This kid's got this. Or just a time where you can just sit down and just hang out with them. Schedule dates. Schedule opportunities with your wife or your loved one. And put it on a calendar and let them see it. That's when good intentions are real. Don't you wish you everybody had gauges? Had some sort of, you know, gauge on their forehead or or something to where when you are to the point where you're not really spending a lot of time with them or, or you're, you're, uh, uh, you're putting other things in front of them, things, you know, you have a yellow light, maybe an orange light or a red light, maybe things start blinking. Some of you maybe could even read that in your spouse's eyes. You can even see that in, in their actions. And, but, but guys, let me, let me share with you something that... Um, uh, I read recently is this is that our wives want us to figure them out you know they see us either reading manuals or tinkering with things and trying to fix things and trying to solve things They're, you're a problem solver and then if something's wrong with our wife we just simply ask what's, what's the matter and we don't dive in we don't ask those questions did I say anything did I do anything how are things going and so our wives want us to figure them out. And I'm, not, and I'm telling you right now, I need to work on this myself. But our wives want us to figure them out, just like we figure other things out. When, when I get, when I get um, something in my head that I feel like this can be done, we can solve this problem, let's do it, and I'll spend several minutes or even several hours fixing whatever issue it is. And... But we need to do the same thing with our wives and say, you know, I want to try to figure this out with you rather than to say, hey, what's wrong? So time is something that is is off balance. And it's so easy to get us to a point to where we've got so many people demanding our attention and you're going to cheat somewhere. So where you decide to cheat are the places that matter most. The people that matter most in your life. I'm not saying that you need to slack off on your job, but I am saying that you might need to say no to some things, some extra things, in order to take care of those people that are more important in your life, and choose to cheat on those other things in order to value those other people. So what's the second area? What's the second area? There are probably many areas, but the second area I want to talk to you today is about money and about finances. We've got so many people, bills, other things, activities pulling at our finances, pulling us away and getting us off balance in our marriages and our relationships. And I'll tell you, their time and money are two areas. When they get off balance, it will affect us greatly in our marriages. And so the... Um, what I want to share with you today, some practical applications about this, is the simple concept of front-end giving. Front-end giving. When we choose to honor God with our, with our finances, then God does great work in our life. He, he, he shows us, uh, he gives us tests of faith. He um, he strengthens our life and our in our in our marriages. He gets us focused on our attention, not on ourselves, but on other people. It gets our focus on what God is doing in around us and not just on ourselves and our family. And so when we when we do front-end giving, we tell God, God, this is so important. I'm giving this to you first. First and foremost. But when we decide to to do those other things with our finances, and at the end, say, "Okay, well, well, here's what's kind of left over, and we can afford to give this to God." That's not truly honoring God with our finances. And let me tell you something: that is not going to bring balance in your life. That's not going to bring financial balance in your marriage and in your relationship. And so, um, just like in time, somebody's going to get cheated somebody's going to get cheated. You just have to decide, okay, especially as a believer, we're called to give. Are we going to choose to, to cheat on what God really really deserves? Or are we going to decide to cheat on another area and say, you know what, they can wait. Or we don't need to do that trip. Or I don't need that Starbucks four days a week. Or I don't need, we don't need this. We're going to cheat this area, in order to make sure that the most important area in our life we don't cheat on. We don't cheat on God with our finances. Because He is the one that brings balance to your marriage and your time and your money. The two areas, the two areas that rock marriages, that rock relationships, those two areas get off balance. And God wants to bring balance. In your time, in what is bring balance in your money, so you got to cheat with your money. Here's a here's a uh, here's a great statement: Will, Will you cheat yourself of something you desire, or will you cheat God of something He requires? Here's something you can actually you can actually tweet. It says this: Stop treating yourself and start cheating yourself. Stop treating yourself and start cheating yourself in in the area of finances. Some of you are treating yourself so much that you're cheating on God and what God wants to do in your money and your finances. If your finances is so off balance, you might want to look back and say, you know what? We haven't been been faithful uh, to give to God. Or maybe, maybe you have been faithful to give to God and still... You're you're treating yourself too much, so start treating yourself. I mean, stop treating yourself and start cheating yourself in order to uh, give God what He deserves. And so, those two areas, in, uh, those two areas in our life, is something that um, can cause a lot of ba- off balance in our life. So, there's been something missing so far in this message. And that is, got to hear from God's Word. And I intentionally put this passage of Scripture towards the end of my message because this is is so strong that I want you to walk away and I want you to read this. And I don't want you to forget about it. In your Bible, in the Old Testament, it's a book called Daniel. If you want to get there, open your Bible, you can. In the book of Daniel, you can look on the YouVersion Bible app or you can look at the screen. But as I sort of wind down this message here today, I want to I see what God's word has to say in applying. We, we saw what it looks like to walk together, to go in the same direction, to hold on to each other, to, to focus on, uh, on our walk. And we, and we saw the dangers of, of our time and our money being off balance and maybe some practical things we can do with that. But what does God's word say about this? Now, I love this story of Daniel, and I may have shared this uh, before. In fact, I would encourage you, even as a family, to read the book of Daniel, especially the first, uh, I believe, nine chapters of Daniel before it gets into all the kinds of prophecy. There's lots of great stories that that you can share with your family and would encourage uh, your family to live a life of faith. But in Daniel, um, chapter 1 is where we're going to be in. Now, Daniel was... um, was one of the uh, children of Israel, one of the young um, uh, a generation of children of Israel, that they were exiled to um, to the Babylonian Empire. And the Babylonians came in and they conquered Israel, and they basically made Judah a slave state. They made Israel a slave state. And so they took off the young, the brightest uh, people and brought them to Babylon to um, uh, Teach them in the ways of Babylon. Teach them the language. Change their name. Change their clothing. Their entire culture. And so that's where we find Daniel. Daniel is one of the young ones there. And so if we read in chapter um, 1, verse 3, it says this. Then the king, that's Nebuchadnezzar, ordered Ashpenaz, chief of his court officials, to bring into the king's service some of the Israelites from the royal family, And the nobility, young men without any physical defect, handsome, showing aptitude for every kind of learning, well-informed, quick to understand, and qualified to serve in the king's palace. He was to teach them the language and literature of the Babylonians. The king assigned them a daily amount of food and wine from the king's table. They would be trained for three years. After that, they were to enter the king's service. Now, here, here's, the, um, here's the problem with that setting. First of all, Daniel and these guys, they've got the best of the best. They're living it high. And they are eating from the king's table. They've got new clothes. And, they've got, I mean, and Daniel seems to be fine with all of this until it gets to the point of eating from the king's table. And here's the reason why. Some of you all may know this the king's table was food that was brought in after it had been uh, used as an offering to false gods, to their gods of the Babylonians. They would take food and lots of food and they would offer it as a sacrifice to these fake gods and whatever was left over to that, uh, they would just take that and put it in the king's table and the king would eat that food. And what it was, it was showing that if I eat this food I honor that God. It's like I'm participating in that act of worship. And that was a problem for Daniel and some of his friends. And so Daniel decided to do something about it. And he did not want, uh, he did not want to make um, the choice of eating something that would defile him. You know, many of us have that choice in our life, whether it be in our time and our money we're faced with some of those choices to say, you know what, this, this activity is not something that is bringing health to my family or bringing health to my relationship. In fact, it's pulling me away from them. Or this, this uh, money that we're spending over here on, on selfish things, you know, it, it, it's not bringing health to my family. It's not bringing health. It's not bringing balance to my life, and God is not honored in that. And so just like Daniel, we're faced with that, and we're faced with, we're faced with the choice of what to do. Now, here's Daniel. He's, he's um, in a kingdom that could kill him at the blink of an eye. If he if he tries to defile them or tries to do something that that they've asked him to do and he refuses to, or he can obey a god that he's never seen, he's invisible. He is maybe shown him in, in in stories of of you know in the past in, in this country, but why do Daniel? Why does Daniel choose to obey a god? can't even see, rather than the people that can kill him. People that can, that demand things of him. Some of you are in that situation as well. You are, you're out, you in a situation at work where you've got people who are demanding your time, pulling you away, and yet you want to honor, you want to be able to honor God by spending time with those you love the most. Or with your money. You've got so many um, so many people pulling at your money, and but yet you know, what do you do? That's where the clash comes. Do, do I honor God? Do I honor Him or, or do I meet these demands? And so that's what Daniel was facing. And as we, as we read further, it says this in, in Daniel 8. I'm sorry, 1 verse 8 and 9. It says this, But Daniel resolved not to defile himself with the royal food and wine. And he asked the chief official for permission not to defile himself this way. Now God had caused the official to show favor and compassion to Daniel. And we're going to stop there. Notice a couple of things about that. Daniel made a choice before he talked to the official. He made the choice to say this, but Daniel resolved not to defile himself. He made that choice before talking to that official. The choice is made on the front end. That's what I talked about earlier: front end giving. When we give on the front end, went to those things that are more important, we make that choice, and then later on down the road, we can when we're faced with the option, well, what should I do? Should I tithe to God? Should I give him this or should I pay this bill? Well, guess what? You've already made that choice to tithe and you went ahead and tithe it. And because of that, God's word said he's going to honor that. And even God said, God gave Daniel favor in the eyes of the people. And so Daniel resolved not to defile himself. Uh, Here's a statement I want to read to you. Balance happens in your time and money when you choose on the front end of the situation with your heart rather than the back end with your mind. Here's, here's, the, here's where the difference lies. When we make the choice on the front end, either with our time or our money, we're making that decision with our heart. We're making that decision with our heart because we say, like, here's what I value. Values come from your heart. I value this. I'm going to make this decision. I'm going to spend time with these people. I'm going to spend money I'm going to give money to to my Savior, to to my God, to my Lord. And I'm going to do this first, and that's from your heart. But here's the deal. When you make the choice on the back end, when you're running out of time, when you're running out of money, and you're faced with the decision, guess what? You're not going to make that decision most of the time with your heart. You and I are going to make that decision with our mind. Because we look at it in a different way. We look at it like, well, here's our choices, and this is obvious. This is obvious. I need, We're not gonna. Ha- we're not gonna have. Um, uh, you know, we're gonna be late with this bill if I don't give to God, or if I choose to give to God, we're gonna be late with this bill. Well, that's obvious. We gotta be. We gotta pay this bill on time. But if you choose on the front end to say to value in your heart, this is what I value. And that's a decision with your heart. That's where your devotion lies. That's where your loyalty lies. That's what Daniel did. Then he didn't wait. He didn't wait until he was faced with okay, you, here, here's here's a firing squad. You know, we could kill you, or you can know you can eat the food, king's table. He didn't wait to that point. He made the decision beforehand. They say, you know what, I'm not going to get to the point. I'm not going to walk to the table. I'm not going to be escorted to the table and sit down and sit there in front of the king and be like, you know what, I can't do this. That's on the back end of this decision. He made it. He made his choice on the front end. So my encouragement to you, with your time and your money, make that decision with your heart. How do you do that? On the front end of your choices that you make in your life. And um, when you do that, God's word says he will make your path straight. In in Proverbs chapter, uh, chapter three, verse five and six, chapter three, verse five and six, it says this, trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. So in all your ways, submit to God, submit to His Word, submit to what He wants to do in your life, and He will make your path straight. It's really difficult, y'all, to submit to God when you're making that decision at the end. And let me tell you, someone is going to get cheated. Someone in your life is going to be cheated, either with your time or your money. So we need to make that decision on the front end. Now, some of you might be sitting here today and thinking, you know, Frank, there are some decisions in my life that I have, I have not made and I need to make. And some of you, there might be some people in this room who are saying, I have never accepted Christ as Savior. I don't know what that looks like. But I, I have some questions in my life. There are some things that are going on in my life that I may not be pleasing to God. And I need to get right with Him. Can I tell you, don't wait until the back end of your life to make that decision. Don't wait to the back end of your life to make the decision. My, my grandmother is, is pretty old. She's never accepted Christ as Savior. We've witnessed her. We've talked to her about it. But she's on the back end of her life. And I pray for her all the time that God would break through. And so you don't want to be in that position where you're on the back end of your life trying to decide well do I follow Christ my life's kind of my life's kind of over or I'm kind of set in my ways or God won't accept me I, I look what all I've done in my life that's why children accept him much easier because it's on the front end of their life and they accept him with faith they just believe they just believe they had come to him as a child and that's how Jesus wants you to come to him Jesus wants us to come to him as a child, like a childlike faith. But you know what? It's never too late. Even if you're on the back end or the middle end of your life, Jesus wants to do something great in your life. He wants to bring balance to your life. And some of you are just, you might just be off balance in your entire life because you don't know Christ. You don't know what that looks like. So I want to encourage you in just a moment, we're going to pray and the band's going to sing a song and I'm going to be in the back and would ask you to stand and sing in just a moment and I'll be in the back and yeah, I would love to pray with you. If you're someone who is like, man, I just don't have that balance in my life. I need to have balance. I need Christ in my life to bring balance. If you're, if you're married or if you're dating someone in a serious relationship And you're off balance in a couple of areas, especially with time and money. God wants to make that right in your life. Maybe a recommitment to walk in the same direction, hold on to one another, and focus on your walk. Focus on where your feet are going. Walk in your faith together. Someone's gonna cheat, someone's gonna be cheated. Who is that in your life? Let's pray.